I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. We're sisters. And homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast. Where we talk about family style homeschooling. Hi, this is Michelle and I'm here with Karen, my sister. Hi. We're going to talk today about organizing Layers of Learning notebooks. We're kind of organization happy <laughs> around here. We like being organized and Michelle and I get excited when it's like time to, you know, sort a bookshelf or something. But over the years, we've kind of developed a notebook system that works for our homeschools and we hope that it will be helpful to you. Some of the things we say might not work in your family. So we just want to share some ideas and then you find a way that works for you. And this is specifically for things that are part of the layers of learning program. So layers of learning has five subjects. We teach history, geography, science, art, and writing. So we're going to talk about how you would organize those subjects into notebooks and the different ways of organizing all your students' written work. So let's start out with that there are, we use three ring binders for a lot of the things. So Karen, so we ahead. basically have a layers of learning notebook that is one binder. And then we have a second notebook that's the writer's workshop notebook that's another binder. So in my kids' school cupboards, you will see two binders. One is layers of learning and one is writer's workshop. Yes. And they look nearly the same. In fact, on layersoflearning.com, you can see their little printable notebook covers for them. And that's what my kids look like. It's just notebooks with the printable covers in there. And those binders house most of our schoolwork. And I use one and a half inch binders. Is that the size you use? Yeah, Karen? one and a half inch or I think some years we've used two inch, but right in there. Yeah. Too big is too much and they wouldn't fit in their cupboards and it just gets to be too much. A one and a half to two inch binder makes it, you know, pretty full by the end of the year. It doesn't but not bursting. Yeah, not yeah. bursting. So you that's what works for us. Along with those notebooks, we offer student journals on layersoflearning.com. And that's something that my kids absolutely love. That involves four different options. You have the Book of Years, which is about history. The World Explorer Journal, which is about geography. The Science Sketchpad, about science. And then the Art Sketchbook, which covers the arts. So those are the four basic layers of learning topics, not including Writer's Workshop, because Writer's Workshop has its own whole notebook. Yeah, and it doesn't have the student journals. We didn't no, make a student it, journal. It's a different it's, format. It's a completely different format, different system. So it, in in my kids, my kids have baskets instead of cupboards. Your kids have cupboards. Yeah. But mine will have the layers of learning notebook, the Writer's Workshop notebook, and then the student journals. Mm-hmm. And we, our family actually shares the student journals. So the student journals are actually in my basket because we use them communally among all of us. But I think, Karen, you have individual. Yeah, a few years ago, we did that when my kids were little. But then a few years ago, they said, we want our own. So each of my kids wanted their own book of years and their own art sketchbook. And so now they have their own sets in their own little cupboards. So, yeah, and that's just personal preference. Yep. How you you can that. have a family set that you all work on together or your kids can have their own set that they, you know, build individually as a student journal. Okay. So let's talk about the layers of learning notebook, the one that has history, geography, science, and art. How do you organize that? I have one binder with four dividers in it. The first one is history and then geography and then science and then art. I don't further divide it. When my kids were little and I started doing this, I started by making 
a notebook that had dividers for every unit and it was overwhelming and too much. And I don't do that. It gets hard for the kids to navigate the yeah. binder. Where does it go? What is this? You know, they were and, just and to them to them. The units don't mean anything. Oh, it's in unit one, two. That doesn't mean anything to them. They don't care. Yeah. So it's, it's better just to ha- keep it simple and you just put the new one at the back of the old ones and then your history ends up in chronological order your science ends up in the order that you studied it in and and so on yeah so each time my kids add something to their notebooks they just go to the tab that is either you know if it's a history thing we go to the history tab and they add it at the back of the history thing and we just keep adding and adding and adding throughout the school year i have a a kind of a random weird question okay (laughs) do do your kids get confused about how to hole punch papers (laughs) Um, I do it backwards. <laughs> I have like a really amazing expensive hole punch that I'm very protective of. And I'm like, don't touch my hole punch. So you do <laughs> so it for them. Yes. <laughs> so your kids are in college going, I don't know. I know. But the poor children are going to be like, I wasn't allowed to touch a hole punch. <laughs> we used to have cheap ones and they were constantly, you know, doing the, oh, I can't punch more than four sheets at a time. And I was having to rip it apart all the time and fix it. And they used those, but it was a constant frustration. I don't, I don't know. I guess I should we, quiz them. We have, we have had to drill <laughs> on. We read from right to left. The hole punches go on the right, on the <laughs> left hand side, and then you know, like even, even like they don't put the papers. They'll put it in the front of the pages, and I'm like, no, no, no. It goes at the back of the history. We're keeping it in order. You go in order, and and they're like, oh, and I'm like, you guys. <laughs> Now I have to have a hole punching lesson for my kids. I have to make sure that they know how. I thought maybe I was the only one that has kids that don't understand how well, hole punches I am work. probably the only person in the world who's protective of their hole punch. <laughs> I, uh, you're probably not. <laughs> I have a really great hole punch. It's it's mine. You're like, don't touch it. <laughs> no, but I do hole punch their stuff. I actually, when we get printables and things that they're adding, when I'm getting ready for the unit, I hole punch everything because my hole punch can do so many pages at a time that I just like hole punch it all and then hand it to them already hole punched. So now I'm going to have to like, yeah, you need to that. have a quiz on that. They, yeah. They might not know how to do it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> now I'm worried. <laughs> but when they do a printable, when they do anything that's kind of a written component of layers of learning, they add that into the tab section of their layers of learning. Notebook. So like a map, um, if they if they wrote a little thing, a little narration about a famous person for the history, you would put it in there. If there was a diagram in science, you'd put it in the science section. Yeah, or like when we watch a movie and my kids take notes about it. Or an experiment write-up, do you put those yeah, right in there? all of that goes right in the, you know, that would go in the science tab. Yeah. And everything we add, it's just, hey, add it right behind everything else that you did. I love that when they add things to the notebook, they kind of see all the things that they did before. We kind of flip through and go, oh, yeah, that experiment and that. It's this great review every time we add to our notebooks. We don't go through every single page every time we add something. But you almost can't help but see the things you did before. And we just kind of use it as a review. And if you do want to do a review, it's really easy. Yeah. You just go go through. through And I mean, one of the things that that we have those coloring sheets that are in each unit, the history coloring sheet that is pretty often in there, whether or not they colored it, whether or not, you know, we completely used it. It usually goes in the notebook and and kind of makes a divider. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, Oh yeah, that was that section. And then you have all the papers that go behind it. And often they do color it or add a little narration on it. Or, you know, we at least read it together as we're starting a unit and it goes in their notebook and that's kind of the next section. And so we're just always adding to those notebooks anytime they do a written assignment. What about art? I find my art section of my notebook 
doesn't get all that full because most of our art is like more projects. Doing art, yeah, more projects. Yeah, we don't have as much in art. On occasion, we do. We don't take as many notes and things on art, so you don't. You know, we take a lot of science notes. We take a lot of history notes. In geography, we have a lot of, a lot maps. of maps. Yeah. In art, we have less, but there are a couple of things that we do. Um, sometimes my kids do just their art warm up, like daily sketches. I'll just have them like choose a how to draw book and practice sketching and they can stick that stuff in there. Um, we also sometimes have just smaller projects. Like if they do a painting, that's just a normal size sheet of paper type painting that could go in in there. there. Yeah. Yeah. But we do have less in the art section and that's okay. Okay, should we go on to, to talk about the writer's workshop notebook and how that's organized? Yeah, so the writer's workshop notebook just needs to be different because it's so much writing and needs better organization. And the outline of exactly how I organize my writer's workshop notebooks is really explained in detail in the guidebook for writer's workshop. You can see pictures of it and everything. But in general, we'll just tell you what we do. That binder has five dividers in it. The first one is journal. The second is writing. The third is word work. The fourth is writing helps. And the last one is ideas. And they each have really specific functions in the writer's workshop notebook. And those do get pretty full because unlike science, we do writer's workshop every single day. Yeah. And it tends to have a lot more, even simple things like if my kids do a little grammar exercise or correct a sentence or any of that, they end up writing it on a sheet of paper and sticking it in their notebook. A lot of that stuff, honestly, we could probably just throw away, but, but then they feel like, why do they even do it? That's, yeah. <laughs> that's what my kids do. Instead we wait, we put it in the notebook and then if the notebook gets too full, then we kind of weed it out. But in general, we add all of their written work to this notebook. So I'll just quickly run through the dividers the journal section is just for those things that they write on all kinds of little exercises. Anytime they actually do a journal entry, like they pull a slip out of the journal jar and do an entry, anything that they're not taking through the writing process goes in the journal. Yeah. For, for my kids, it's mostly all those exercises that are in the writer's workshop mm-hmm. book. You choose an exercise. You choose an exercise. They do that. They do the writing that day. It goes in the journal and then they use the journal as an idea bank for later when they're picking their big project at the end of the month or at the end of the unit. So that's what happens with the writing section. When they're choosing their project that they're going to take through the writing process, they often go through the journal or I kind of just remind them, oh, you did a really good job on this one. What would you think about taking that one through? Or sometimes they just find it on their own. They go, this is the one I want to do, mom. I want to take this through the writing process. But whatever it is that they start with, they take that little bit out of the journal and they move it to the writing section. And then they take it all the way through the writing process and they keep all of the versions. So you can see maybe that little journal entry that they started with, or, you know, we would call it a sloppy copy. Then you watch as they revise it and edit it and, you know, fix it up. Add an illustration, whatever it is they're doing to it. However it is that they end, you know, to the publishing phase and then the writing section becomes full of those things where you see all of these projects that happen. Oh, wow, look how you took this all of the way through the writing process. Most of the stuff we write does not go all of the way through the writing process. It's only about once a month that they do that. 
So at the end, these will be the things that they kind of polish, and that goes in the writing tab. The next tab is word work. Michelle, what do that's, your kids keep in there? That's just, for us, it's just spelling mostly. I mean, spelling and word roots, could, practice. Vo- vocabulary goes in there, but my kids aren't great spellers, except for my oldest. He's a natural speller, but all the rest of them are not good spellers. So we just do spelling all the way through high school and everything because they need going. lots of practice. Yeah. So it's just spelling lesson. They just keep and the, there. the word work section has tons of printable activities. So yeah. if you looked through the word work section of my kids' notebooks, you would see all kinds of little printable activities where they did, oh, look, it's rainbow spelling. It's, you know, all yeah. of the different things yeah. that they did. That can get pretty full. And you can weed it out pretty in the middle of the year if you need to. That's the part that I go to first if I need to clear out the notebooks. I'm like, okay, we can clear out all the spelling Yeah, we don't activities. really need to keep your spelling words from the first month of school. You know. You yeah, it's just discouraging to have them constantly do homework that you instantly throw away. So instead, you put it in the word work section, and then you can throw it away when it's getting too full. Okay, and then writing helps. That's in the writer's workshop books there are a lot of anchor charts or things that kids are asked to take notes on or or like writing skills that they may need to remember and those would go into that section yeah and so if your kids are going along and writing and you're seeing a mistake that you've already taught them through a mini lesson and you had this printable it's going to be right there in the writing help section so you go back and you say hey let's review this we learned this let's go back and take a look and so all of those writing helps are right there. Or they can go and reference it themselves. Like if, if you've talked about the structure of a five-paragraph essay and they've got that structure on a printable in their writing help section, they can sit there and open it up while they're working on their five-paragraph essay. Yeah. So they have the basic outline and they can use that as a tool. That so, part I don't weed out. That's nope. the part I keep. I actually keep those year to year. Yeah. Even at the end of the year when we, you know, we're going to start the whole notebook over again we clean it all out and start fresh but you don't have as many of them I I mean typically I'll have one or two or maybe three in a unit it won't be like every single day you're adding things and I only add them when we actually have had the lesson on it I don't just take all of the anchor charts from the unit if we didn't focus on that part you know yeah they have to have been taught the lesson or it doesn't mean anything yeah so. so that section is just kind of a really great resource for kids to to have you know always in their notebook. They know where to turn for it. And then the last section is ideas. And every single writer's workshop unit has an idea bank. So if you go to Jumpstart, you'll see a printable idea bank. When we're doing Jumpstart, I print that out and they add it to the ideas section of their notebook. And then when they need an idea to write about, they can turn to that. Also in the Jumpstart section, there are several exercises where kids are kind of brainstorming ideas. They make their, their own, own idea ideas. List. And I'll put that in the ideas mm-hmm. list too. Jumpstart especially does that. I think the other units do now and then too, but it's especially in Jumpstart. And even if the units don't, your kids can always add to those idea banks. It's Writer's Workshop, the whole concept of it is that they are the writer. Not everything has to be assigned. They get to be Yeah, creative. I mean, my, my kids have lists, in, in we have we made a list of names to use for fictional characters. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. That's in the ideas. Yeah. So it's kind of like the writing help section. It's just resources for your kids to make writing easier for them. So those can, can stay more, whereas the word work, you can, you know, toss out a lot of the the spelling practice that they've done and things like that. And at the end of the year, you would take out everything from the writing section 
again, you would pick maybe one thing to keep for their portfolio. Yep. But then that whole, that whole section is cleared out at the end of the year. And then the journal, the journal, I mean, that, that depends on the writer. That's completely theirs. If they feel like they want to keep something, they can. I let my kids go through their writer's workshop notebooks a lot because some of the writing was actually meaningful to them. Some of it was just, hey, we did this exercise. But some was actually, hey, I wrote this cool journal entry about something in my life and they might want to keep that. Well, and it depends. I, tell, I tell my kids their journal is private too. Like, I won't look at it unless they want me to. They don't have to share it unless they want to. No, nope, nothing in there gets graded and it's... It's just theirs. So I let my kids choose on their journal. And I should add, some kids do better with like a composition book type journal or Or a a hardbound journal or a spiral notebook. It just depends. The journal needs to be what your little writer is comfortable with. So it might not even be a tab in your notebook if they really want their journal to be somewhere else. It, It could be something else. My my teenagers also do quite a bit of their writing on a computer. And so mm-hmm. sometimes there's not as much in their actual notebook, notebook as yeah. there would have been when they were younger. But Yeah, and and my kids' laptops all have you know, folders that are kind of set up like the writers workshop yeah. folder. But I, but I still make them print things out like if they're taking something through the writing process, I make them print it out and then edit it or revise it with my help sometimes and you know they go through it I make them that still goes in there I make my kids even print out the rough version yeah and then because I want them to see the process but again the final version they probably wouldn't keep that entire packet they would you know after the school year ends they would go through and just clean up their computer and go oh these are the ones I'm going to keep my kids have used some of their high school writing for college papers and things like that. So they've kept those on their, you know, laptops and been able to use at least parts of them again. Okay. Let's talk about what the mentor or the parent or the teacher does with all that paper before it's been given to the kids. So, so your, your planning units and you've got these principles planned out and you print them out. Where do you keep them? How do you store them? How do you organize them before you've even given them to the kids? What do you do, Karen? Okay. This also has changed over the years for me, but I kind of love the system I have now. I have a little file cabinet, like a little tiny, just two drawer file cabinet under my desk If you open it, you will see a little file folder for each unit. So when I come to a new layers of learning unit, I just grab out, oh, look, it's unit three. And all of my printables are already in it. I print them all over the summer so that they're all ready to go. And then I just have them there. So so you put them, like, you'll have a unit, like for unit three, science, geography, history, and art are all in there? They're all in the folder. What about writer's workshop? Does that get stuck in the same folder? So writer's workshop is a little bit different because... I don't always, you know, I switch units about every two weeks for layers of learning, but our writer's workshop units go for a month. So they have their own folder, same system, but they have their own folder. So when I pull it out, I don't print as many printables ahead of time for writer's workshop though. Like the other units, we use almost all of the printables when we do a unit. In writer's workshop, we don't necessarily use every single printable. Do Do you kind of delay planning on that so you can see where your kids are at or what you think they're going to be interested or how much time you don't plan for writer's workshop. I do it like I plan that week. I go, okay, I have, I think they're going to be into this or whatever. And I just really pull it out. It's much more grab and go for me on writer's workshop. But what I do 
ahead of time. I print out all of the word work printables and all those daily things that we're using all the time. So I have a folder that's along with just you know, a big my stack units, of them, a big stack of them so that I can pull out. Oh, look, <laughs> come and do tic-tac-toe spelling. Come and do this. And they're just all ready. I have a whole bunch of them printed out and the kids can grab them. And then when we're on a specific unit, I pull out that file folder and I have this little book of pockets. And when you open it up, it's like the pockets that are in some dividers. You know, dividers will have pockets in it or or those flat, what do you call them? Paper, like a paper keeper thing that just has pockets in the sides where you can put extra papers. So yeah, each page has little pockets. And so one page is my writer's workshop printables and one page is my history printables. And then the next one is geography printables. After that is science printables and then arts printables. And it's all in this little cute notebook and it's it's small enough that you can carry it over uh, unlike a giant filing cabinet you can carry it wherever you're doing school in the house yeah and it's just it makes it really really easy for me to have it on hand at any moment i'll put a link to one that i have on the show notes so you can show where you bought it or yeah i mean i got it a few years ago but i'll find a similar one so that you can see it and it just makes it so handy for when I'm on the printable. So in the summertime, I get them all ready in my filing cabinet ahead of time. But then when we're on that unit, they're all just right in my organized little pocket notebook. How do you do it, Michelle? I used to do that, except I didn't have the cool pocket notebook. <laughs> I was missing that piece. <laughs> but but I used to have a file, and I would just put all of the printables in, and I would plan them ahead of time. Now I just print as I go. So the day of... I will just print right then what I'm going to be using for that day. You have the units on your iPad anyway, right? So you're just sitting there yeah, looking at I them. Yeah, I can just print it from my just, iPad. Yeah, because yeah, I'm less digital than you. So I'm sitting there with the paperback book and I don't want to photocopy it or, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'll be sitting anywhere in the house and I'll print it. And I'll be like, Harrison, go get the papers off the printer. <laughs> yeah, you can just do it right from your iPad it, yeah. and, and it's there. And Yeah, it kind of depends on what your setup is too. Like, I mean, some of the people that I talk to, some of our families are like, I don't even have a printer in my house. I have to go to a, like, a copy shop. shop. And, yeah. you know, it kind of depends on what your setup is and and what's easiest for you. But if you are going to print them, I wouldn't print and bind them. Some of our families do. And maybe, maybe that's, maybe I shouldn't say not to, but a lot of people print them like a lesson planning book and then you have to copy them again for your kids anyway. So I would just keep it digitally and print them as needed more than. Yeah. For the printable packs. Yeah. You don't need to print out the whole printable pack until you're going to use it. Yeah. You know, and, you know, some people plan month by month or week by week or unit by unit, however you're planning. That's usually yeah. the easiest time to print out what you want to print. Yeah, I do my big summer printout because then I don't that, have to even think about to, it. To in tell the, the truth, year. that's partly why I print as I go now because I don't plan anymore. And I, but that's because I've been doing it for so long. It's been like 20 years almost. Yeah, that's you, a stinking long time. You don't need to plan anymore because you know <laughs> yeah, what you're doing. I know what I'm doing, and and I I know the layers of learning curriculum very well. I know, you know, I I have a lot of experience with it, so I don't really plan. I I sort of pull it out right then and say, oh, 
let's do this exploration. I do plan science a little bit more because with history or geography, I just have a ton of craft supplies on hand and we can do just about anything. But science will often need more specific things like I don't keep dead frogs on hand for for dissections, you know? (laughs) You need to plan a little bit. Or specific chemicals for chemistry, you know? So yeah, with with science, I, I do plan a little bit more ahead. But often I will just grab things out and be like, oh, let's do this. And because we've done it, all before we have all of the supplies on hand but yeah. for people who haven't who might not you it does require a little bit oh, more when, when I was first homeschooling there's no way I could have just done it by the seat of my pants it, it takes experience it takes a lot of time to learn how to do it and you know like it takes experience to be able to plan on the fly like that it's not something that you just know how to do yeah so but whether you print as you go or you print them ahead of time also, no one should feel like they have to use every single printable or every single exploration or it's not even intended. No, it's not. For You're that. supposed to be picking and choosing based on how much time you want to spend on it, based on the things that you think are most important for your kids to learn at that moment in their lives with the knowledge that they have a lot more life ahead of them and they will have more time to learn things later. You don't yeah. have to hit everything right now. So. Printable organization, both in your student notebooks and, you know, from the teacher, mentor, mom point of view, needs to kind of fit your family. If you don't have a lot of space, I wouldn't print a whole ton of stuff. You know, even when I was when I was printing out everything in the summer ahead of time, I didn't have filing cabinets for it. I had one plastic basket and it had file folders in it and it was... I think it was 20 file folders because one for each unit. Yeah. And then I would just put them in there. Or sometimes I would do it by month. I would have a file folder with each month written on it. Yeah. And I would just have each month worth of, like, here's the printables for October. Here's the printables for November. And that's how I would do it. And it was just one little basket. It wasn't a whole filing cabinet. Yeah. I mean, even my filing cabinet that I have, my printables only take up one tiny section of it. I have a whole bunch of other stuff in them that's not even related to that, you know? So it kind of depends on what your house setup is. It doesn't take a whole lot of space, but it is really helpful if you can figure out a system of organization so that it can be a little bit more grab and go because you're already getting books from the library and gathering supplies. And so if you can take printables off of your to-do list in a sense. Yeah. Where you can just grab it out when the time for the lesson is just ready. Yeah. Then it doesn't have to become a stressful thing. Yeah. Well, another thing with doing it on the fly, like I do it again, I couldn't have done it when I had small children because they require too much. I didn't have, I couldn't walk out of the room and go print something when I had small children. Yeah. You know, everything would have gone to pieces in, you know, one minute seconds. Yeah. 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 So it really depends on the stage of your family and your dynamics and I don't your personality, all those things go into play. Yeah. So it is awesome though at the end of the year to be able to take the paperwork part of homeschooling and you sift through it and you remember what you did that year and you choose out the best bits and you can build a portfolio for your kids really, really easily because you've kept the written work organized. If it's just everywhere and you know yeah. Who knows what we did and where we went and you Well, know. And a lot of a lot of families again this depends on where you live, but a lot of families have to show their work to a teacher or a, some sort of a government entity. They have to prove what they've done and if mm-hmm. it's all there in the notebooks in order, it's so easy. You don't have to 
stress about that. I lived in quite a few states where I had to have a homeschool portfolio. By law, I needed to have that. And this system made building the portfolio just so easy. It was already organized in there. And those same places tended to be the places where the law dictated that at any time the school district could ask to see what we were doing. And if we had a notebook full of their work, every single time it happened, people were really impressed. Like, wow, your kids are learning a lot. They're doing a lot. And so keeping the schoolwork has value beyond just for you. You might need to show their schoolwork at some point in time. So keeping it organized and ready to go as you go is a lot easier than trying to pull together the organization if you have to. Yeah. And the portfolio at the end of the year is pretty slim. You don't keep a lot of stuff. Like I'll, I'll keep one piece of writing that was my child's best piece of writing. I will keep two or three things out of science, two or three things out of history and, and so on. My kids' whole school portfolios are three-inch binders. That's for their kindergarten through senior year. So it has, you know, I've pulled out a little bit of their best work from each year and it fits in one binder easily. Um, so you're not going to keep every single notebook that you do for every single year. We clear them out at the end of the year and then add their best bits the to last, their portfolio. The last day of school when the kids are throwing out all their stuff, they're like, yes. Yeah. Karen actually has a bonfire. Yeah, That's... we do. It's, it's pretty fun. We burn the schoolwork. <laughs> it's a celebration, <laughs> but it makes it fun. You know, when you're throwing away their work right when they've done it. That's disheartening. Yeah. When you're throwing away their work in celebration because you're done with the school year, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yes. It yes. feels good to the kids. <laughs> it does. So it, it's important to keep it organized throughout the school year and then pair it way back to just what you're going to add to their portfolio. And then the next year you start fresh. The the notebooks are empty again and you're ready to fill them up again with the new yeah. year's and, learning. And until they're worn out, we use the very same binder. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what, sometimes they... we'll, we'll change the cover picture because the kids like a little fresh picture in their cover. Yeah. My kids always decorate their writer's workshop notebooks. Yeah. At the beginning of each year, they kind of decorate it based on what they're into, but it's a pretty simple system. It's, you're just going to have that yeah. writer's workshop notebook, the layers of learning notebook, and then, if you decide to use the student journals, you tack those on too. Keeping it organized is pretty easy when you simplify and streamline the notebooks like that. Yeah, keep it simple. That's something I've learned all through homeschool. Keep it simple. <laughs> keep it simple and do it as you go. Yep. Because it's fun to celebrate learning together if you keep it all together and organized and you kind of have your routines. And then... At the end, you have this great scrapbook of all that you learned and the best bits make it to the portfolio along with those pictures of the project like we talked about. Yep. It's just a simple way to stay organized and stay on track as a homeschool family. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating wherever you listen. Ratings and comments help people find happy family-style homeschooling. Visit us at layersoflearning.com, at Instagram, and on our Facebook group. And make sure to tune in next month for the next podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool. Have fun learning! learning.